Welcome to the Happy Thoughts Agility Podcast, bringing happy thoughts to dog training. I'm Brittany. And I'm Sarah. Today, Sarah and I are going to be talking about the dog-human experience. So, uh, what makes dogs the quintessential best friend to humanity? Why not any other domesticated animal like cats, goats, chickens, um, anything that we have domesticated, why are our canine companions our best friend? So uh, what makes us think that they have a sense of what we're thinking and how to communicate with us and why do we anthropomorphize them so much? And uh, so Happy Thoughts Agility wanted to find out. And so we have been researching a bit, learning about some of the some of the recent studies of uh, how we co-evolved, um, some of the intricate communication that we have with our dogs and um, the way that they communicate with us. So uh, without further ado, why don't we uh, just jump into it, Sarah? Yeah, well, you mentioned like the goats, chickens, cats, all that, like they don't want to, they don't have the same desire to work with us that the dogs do. So it's quite interesting to look at it. I've definitely seen a lot of really cute stuff with hugging chickens. And I know a lot of people who keep chickens, they do bond with them. And I know a lot of cat lovers and goat lovers or whatever. Um, so I know that it is it is possible to bond with these other animals. Uh, but I, I definitely do think that there is a bit more of a innate and special kind of connection that we get with the dogs. Well, yeah, let's look at it. I mean, we're not running goat agility. <laughs> Although <laughs> I have seen, I have seen that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a, there is a bond that you create with all of your pets, whether it be the horses, dogs, birds, but what makes it special about the dog as a species that wants to work with us? that we take out and do agility with and do all these these things with that makes dogs just that much more special to bond that much more tightly with us. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot more, you know, quote unquote dog moms out there than most other uh, domesticated species. Um, so I, I find that dynamic super interesting and it definitely has a psychological aspect to it and an evolutionary aspect to it. And I know when I was in college, evolutionary biology was, uh, I found immensely interesting. And then there's psychology, which is also interesting and really goes into what we do with, um, our dogs in general. We use a lot of psychology, um, with our with our, with our dogs when we are training. Well, and, and even going into, you know, just to touch briefly, it's like, you know, like there's meds to help your dogs um, feel better. Like if they're anxious and, and things like that, well, you don't usually give those things to chickens or goats. Like you don't give them an anti-anxiety when they're having a hard time with life or with something with thunderstorms or, you know, so. I actually don't know. Like, I guess maybe those that are deeply entrenched into the goat world do. Maybe maybe someone could let us know if there if if I misspoke. I, I don't yes. know, I guess I should yes. I should say, but I had one of my old dogs yeah. had a lot of anxieties. We put her on like a doggy Prozac and she was much happier with life. So Yes, is there a chicken Prozac? I don't know. That would be, maybe that would some be... chicken 
person could let us know. Tell us Why in our comments. Chicken... <laughs> Why did the chicken take the Prozac? Because <laughs> Fraser was going to take her eggs. <laughs> Anywho, moving on from that, that delightful little chat there. Uh, so uh, we should start at the very beginning, as uh, the sound of music says. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Never seen it. <laughs> You've never seen the sound of music. That is a tragedy. Never seen that it. That is an so. <laughs> absolute tragedy. Oh no. my gosh. This this needs to be rectified. Um, all right. So the, as soon as Corona's over, <laughs> I'll come over. We'll watch it together. The very beginning would be how we co-evolved together, obviously. So dogs haven't always been dogs. Uh, humans haven't always been necessarily human. Um, so with that, you have to kind of look at when did dogs start um, deviating from their ancestor and you know when did we and how did we come together and um that sort of thing so we need to kind of look at that beginning and so there were um there's been multiple uh theories and scientific studies and um things are being found all the time especially as um like polar ice caps are melting and that sort of thing. Um, more uh, things that have died in the ice are being revealed and then able to be carbon dated. And um, you're able to, I actually just recently saw a um, really cool old like wolf head um, and they, they dated it back to a long time ago but it still had like fur and skin it wasn't bone which yeah. is incredible uh -huh. I, I geek out about yeah things. well they found that whole um yeah baby mammoth carcass yeah. the whole thing that was that's cool and it still had hair and and everything it's it's really cool what what we could find in the near future yeah with all yeah stuff and just be able to be, get genetic information from these animals because it's not just you know bone it's it's you know, soft tissue, which is incredible. It's incredible to be able mm -hmm. to have soft tissue from thousands and tens of thousands of years ago, which is just crazy. Um, I digress. <laughs> so uh, back to dogs specifically, um, we needed to look at where they started to deviate from uh, their wolf ancestor. So it's important to note that like, uh, their divergence doesn't equal domestication. So that's kind of, I think, a confusing part for a lot of people is one day wolves didn't, the, our, our dog's ancestor didn't just like hop away from a wolf and be like, I'm a dog now. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was kind of a gradual process. So I, I, I think that that is a, an important note to throw out there is divergence doesn't equal domestication. Well, and just like with that, with the wolves, like um, for the human, for, you know, as, as humans um, evolved, you know, before they might have said, oh, um, you know, wolves are scary things, stay away from us. And as, 
as the dogs started, the wolves started to evolve and some started coming closer to humans, same thing with the humans were evolving and seeing the dog, uh, wolves being around were good things. So people and dogs kind of starting to evolve together to see each other as beneficial, not as necessarily enemies. Yeah, well, and if you think about it, we were both... Uh, predators probably uh, competing for similar food sources. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that two competitors would form such a a relationship like that we have now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's, it's been fun to look at some of the studies that have been put out on this. Um, And we looked at a study that was performed to look at the coevolution of humans and dogs um, and like the genetics, um, of the selection in dogs and the parallel evolution between dogs and humans, which was, which was really interesting. And it showed that the, they, uh, the dogs started to split away from the gray wolves about, uh, 32,000 years ago. Um, and that do- domestic dogs, brains and digestive organs have evolved, uh, similar to the brains and the organs uh, the, of human evolution. So I find that just absolutely incredible. That yeah, that that's very yeah, incredible. Yeah, um, I, I really think that that shows how much we've evolved together. That our brains have started mm-hmm. to um, evolve in the same way, um, and and that sort of thing. Uh, and that really shows how entrenched we've become in the other species. I agree. I agree. It's very, it's very cool. It's very cool to think that because we are not any way genetically related to these animals. And we well, have I mean, we're mammals similar ways. that we're kind of related. Well, well, yeah, distantly, <laughs> I would suppose, but, well, <laughs> you know, it's not like these are, these aren't chimps, you yeah. know, these aren't chimps that are really related to us. It's, you know, so it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Yeah, and the study uh, also suggested a more ancient origin for dogs uh, deviating from wolves than previously thought. So I thought that that was really interesting that we're still learning more about these animals that have been such an important part of our lives. I know my dogs are super important in my lives, but just like our species are so... Uh, connected and we're still learning about how that came about. The the gray wolf is the closest living relative to the dog and there's not really any evidence of any other canine species um, having contributed to the, 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 the genetic development of a dog. Um, and the, the studies that we kind of looked at indicated that there is an extinct late Pleistocene wolf, um, and wow. that's the big word. Yes, Pleistocene. <laughs> You're welcome. That's your word of the week, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, so there's a Pleistocene, Pleistocene wolf that uh, was the common ancestor, the nearest common ancestor to the dog, um, with modern wolves not being the dog's direct ancestor. So this extinct wolf is closer to a pug than <laughs> a the, the gray wolf. 
Yeah. The modern crazy. day wolf. The modern day wolf. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's Yeah. That's really and I thought so too. Uh I really would have liked to dug deeper and learned a little bit more about this this uh, late Pleistocene wolf um, and what do they know about it and why like why is that the closest um, common ancestor and I you know why did it go extinct and just uh, I, I would have liked to have learned more about it but um, time is a cruel mistress so uh, unfortunately that will be a topic for another day and so we aren't really sure when uh, the dogs deviated from wolves and became our furry best friends of today. And that date has actually, you know, if you really want to nerd out, that's a hotly debated nerd topic. Um, and it's been debated like super extensively. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. m- most of the scientific community seems to agree that by 10,000 years ago, Dogs were solidly entrenched in a part of human society. Yeah, so that's that's pretty crazy because if we said you know, the first, you know, the first split from the grave was was thirty two thousand years ago, and then the ten thousand years scientists know for sure there were the domesticated dog. It's interesting what had happened in the evolution in that twenty thousand years because you think it's a long time, but for evolution, it's not that long of a time. Yeah, it, it like time scales are so interesting mm-hmm. because to me, you forget like tens of thousands of years. You're like, oh, that doesn't seem that long ago. But if you really think about it, I mean, it is quite a significant amount of time. Um, but then you start to look at like uh, the time scale of the universe or just even Earth. And dinosaurs and other creatures that lived even millions of years ago, you know, 30,000 years is just kind of minuscule in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It truly is. And it's, yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, like that really isn't that much time when you look at if the earth is, you know. It's, it's four and a half billion years old. So, yeah. Um, and that just is mind-blowing billion four and a half billion well and so in the scheme of things twenty thousand years isn't isn't that big of a time like in in the in the span of yeah 4.5 billion years <laughs> Twenty thousand years it's just interesting that um to know what happened between those twenty thousand years when the first wolf kind of split and started and how it evolved to 10,000 years ago, the dog was entrenched in our lives. Yeah. And at, I can't remember what museum or this was at, but it had this, the scale of earth, the earth timeline. And it, it spanned this, this pretty big space. And then it just showed how long humans have been here. And it was just absolutely tiny it was absolutely tiny uh and it really gave a lot of perspective because like this was a physical room and you could like you could visually see this entire span 
and it, it gave it a scale like this was the scale of time and the the amount of time that we've been here is just so small so it was really kind of um interesting and you know we become so human centric that we forget that you know we haven't actually been here for all that long of a time but anyway so uh in these studies the they analyzed genetically um some dogs in china and uh, it suggested that these types of dogs may have been domesticated about 16,000 years ago um, and so they, these wild dogs of South China may have actually been the first domesticated, like truly domesticated uh, canine. So I thought that that was really interesting too, because if I had to have guessed, I would have guessed, uh, you know, canines would have been domesticated in kind of the, the, the Eden of the earth, you know, in Africa or something like that, but it was actually in uh, southern China, possibly. This is all, of course, uh, science and uh, trying to test out theories and that sort of thing. So, of course, this is just as best we can guess. There's no guarantee that this is exactly how it happened. Yeah, it's just the best evidence we have for it speaks yeah. to that. Yeah. Speaks to China. But there, you know, who knows, again, who knows what we could find even in you know, 10, 15 years yeah, could change. Absolutely. Um, and then along with learning new things, uh, a dog like skull was uncovered in uh, the Siberian mountains that suggested uh, the first dogs may have been domesticated around 33,000 years ago. So as you can see, there's these vastly swinging pendulums of evidence of when we may have domesticated uh, these animals. And, you know, just from what I've seen, I think that, you know, humans weren't hyper connected like we were we are today. You know, it, it just takes a plane ride. Not necessarily now, since most planes are grounded. But it usually, you know, a year ago, it would have just taken a plane ride to get from, you know, one part of uh, the world to another. But my personal theory at looking all of, at all of this information is that um, canines were probably domesticated uh, at different times in different places, um, which mm -hmm. made sense to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe this uh, Siberian uh, dog was domesticated 30,000 years ago or 33,000 years ago. And just as the, the Southern China dog may have been domesticated. And I don't think that those discount each other. Um, I think that those could have been uh, two completely separate events. And, um, but it is interesting that it could have happened 33,000 years ago, which would have been obviously um, tens of thousands of years uh, before the South China one, which is, is really cool. Well, yeah, it's cool to think, too, when you think back, like where in the evolution of man were the dogs that useful? So, you know, in, you know, in the Siberian mountains, maybe it was it was more useful to the people to domesticate these dogs than to fight them off or to compete with them for resources versus it wasn't necessary for China for in um, South China until 16,000 years ago. 
So it's also, again, the evolution of people and what was needed and what resources were around and things like that to think of when would dogs have been domesticated in that area. Yeah, I agree. So um, in one of these, you know, scientific studies that we looked at, um, there was a professor, uh, Professor Wang, a genetic researcher at the Chinese Academy of Sciences, Um, Him and his colleagues analyzed the DNA of four gray wolves, uh, three indigenous Chinese dogs, a German shepherd, a Belgian Malinois, and a Tibetan Mastiff. And when they looked at that DNA, it suggested that gray wolves split off from the indigenous dogs about 32,000 years ago. So um, these Chinese indigenous dogs um, might represent the missing link between uh, the missing link in dog domestication. So yeah, um, maybe they started diverging 32,000 years ago. Um, and this, this Southern uh, Chinese dog is that um, kind of midway, that, that midway uh, in evolution between the wolves and the dogs we know today. So um and since like dogs evolution has been gradual, uh, there were no sharp decreases in dog population over time, uh, suggesting that dogs gradually became domesticated after uh, several years of scavenging from humans. So it wasn't just like we said, one day I'm a dog, I'm domesticated. It seems to have happened uh, over a span of tens of thousands of years. Which goes along with a lot of evolution of other domesticated creatures. They they found a need to follow humans or found humans useful to them. And then we eventually found a way to make them useful to us. So, you know, they started scavenging and then we started maybe feeding them because maybe bears weren't coming around because the dogs were there or the wolves were there. So the bears didn't come around. I'm like, oh, maybe having these dogs around is a good thing. And so you keep maybe yeah. letting them scavenge and don't chase them off. And yeah, that's absolutely. slowly how you start a partnership with something. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, through, um, I guess it wouldn't be natural selection. It would be, um, we would be selecting kind of because the dogs that are the wolves or, you know, this midway animal, um, the ones that were willing to interact and get mm-hmm. closer to humans are the ones that would be getting, say, the, the, the leftovers or whatever. And so those animals are going to be more likely to start breeding and reproducing themselves. With and so those genetics trait. become stronger mm-hmm. and stronger. Um, and, in fact, one incredible study uh, that I, I think is just so interesting is the domestication of the fox. Um, this is being done in in uh, Russia. And um, my husband was like really into this for a while and was telling us we need to get one of these domesticated foxes. But it, they're basically doing um, it in a condensed time period what happened over tens of thousands of years through evolution. Um, they are... Uh, taking the foxes that are the most willing to interact with humans and the most uh, friendly and and that sort of thing and breeding them together 
and starting to see um, phenotypical traits and um, like these animals are becoming more and more dog-like, wagging the tail, having the, you know, tipped ears, uh, lighter coloration, that sort of thing. Uh, and so uh, domestication in kind of canids uh, seems to have a phenotype, which is, you know, outward expression. Um, whereas they also were breeding uh, the most like reactive or fearful of humans and created these like hyper like anti-domesticated foxes which was really interesting um, and so if you ever get a chance to look up this um, to look up this this study it's, it's absolutely incredible that I think it was started in like the 1950s and I think that they're still doing it and the animals that they've been able to produce very strongly represent dogs they, they they respond similar to dogs they you know they look similar uh just a lot of really cool stuff that um if you ever get a chance it, it's really interesting and how condensed it was because they were exclusively breeding for for these certain traits and had like yeah. a high level of control over it um whereas mm -hmm. when it's out in nature and you know that sort of thing um, it took tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, that's really interesting to, to think and how things, how the, the, those genetic, like the tipped ears and the lighter fur, the tail wagging, how that just evolves mm -hmm. from having, you know, like it's not like they're purposely breeding for the lighter colored tipped ears that just along with the development of uh, becoming domesticated, those traits just seem to come out. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I, I know that the scientists also looked at corresponding genes in dogs and humans. So they found that both species underwent similar changes in genes responsible for digestion and uh, metabolism, such as genes for uh, that code for cholesterol transport. So um, they could have been due to the dramatic changes in the proportion of animal versus plant foods that uh, they both were experiencing at the same time. But it's really cool to think about that mm -hmm. humans and dogs like had this, this parallel evolution to having similar mechanisms of digestion and metabolism um, that, that happened over time. Yeah, it's it's really cool because, you know, um, with with dogs eating, you know, going from eating, you know, a whole meat diet to following people to maybe eating some more of the plant based foods that that were that that the humans were eating. It just it's just really cool. They also um, found that a lot of brain processes. Um, so like the genes that affect the processing of the brain chemical serotonin. Um, so in humans, variation in these genes affect levels of aggression. Um, and so that, like you were talking about with your dog being on uh, Prozac, that can be why these dogs are helped by um, these antidepressants or anti-anxieties because we saw a lot of uh, parallel evolution with um, our brain processes as well. Yeah, it's, it's 
Yeah, it's crazy, which is why you see more of this similar things to this versus, like, we talked about a goat or a chicken. Like, not saying there's not some, but, you know, and these wolves are being found, or the in-between animal are were really found to have these things that really evolved with humans because they were so closely evolving together. Yeah, I know even today dogs have such a difference uh, in what they mean to different cultures and they're, they're different things to different people, um, you know, all across the world. They're, they're anything from a worker on a farm to somebody's world and baby and, you know, a family member and that sort of thing. And so it's just really cool how this wild animal has gone through all of these changes um, through time with us to be, I think, one of the most entrenched animals into our culture, our lives, into humanity. Uh, I, I just find that that evolution is absolutely incredible. And I love how, um, you know, dogs can be different things to different people. Um, I know that my dogs, for me, are parts of my family. Um, you know, they're my they're my teammates on the agility course. Um, and, and it's really, really neat to learn about how and why and when, maybe, <laughs> you know, we have somewhat of a when uh, that might have happened. Well, yeah, because dogs have evolved to be what we need them to be, whether it be yeah. a hunting companion, a herder, a just, um, you know, some of the smaller dogs were just meant to be companions and, and live inside your, your, your shirt sleeves. You know, that was Those what... the best types of dogs. <laughs> Mine may be biased. <laughs> not, not biased at all. <laughs> Not biased at all. Those, those lap dogs, uh, you know. But even even those, you know, uh, were bred down from some type of working dog. They weren't, you know, they didn't always yes, start that yeah. way. And I'm sure most people with little dogs will attest that just because they're small doesn't mean they don't ha- still have the physical activity requirements that any other medium or large dog would have. My papillon ha- My papillons have the heart of lions, I'm telling you. There's nothing, you know, quote unquote, small dog about them other than their stature. Um, You know, there's that uh, internet meme or picture of a house cat looking in the mirror and seeing a lion. I I, I kind of like to think of it as, you know, my papillon staring at the mirror and, you know, there's a, a wolf within. Yes, I would. I would agree. I would agree. I've seen some little dogs that have more tenacity than my my big dogs, so, you know, I get it. From these domesticated wolves-type dogs, you know, have been selectively bred and evolved to, you know, our herding dogs, our small dogs, our, our hunting dogs that look nothing like what the original domesticated dog would have looked like. This is Sarah and Brittany. We hope you will join us next time for our three-part series. Stay safe, stay healthy, and train.